everyone, I'm Monique. Welcome to the Find a Friend podcast, a podcast where we cover lifestyle, career, and more by finding a friend and hearing how they do what they do best. I hope along the way you learn something, feel inspired by their stories, empowered to ask questions, and motivated to achieve your own powerful goals. Let's do this. Hi friends, welcome back to the podcast. This week, you're going to hear from Rebecca Trejo, a TV journalist at KVU-TV, the ABC affiliate in Austin, Texas. She covers general assignments and transportation stories there. Before getting to Austin, Rebecca worked for two years at KBMT-TV in Beaumont, Texas. She went to U of H, but we actually met in high school, and she was always one of those friendly girls that got along with everybody. She's one of the most ambitious, driven people I've ever met, and even though she's verified on all her socials now, hashtag goals, she's still super humble and sweet. Let's jump into the episode and hear what Rebecca's been up to and how she's achieved so much in just five years. Hey, Rebecca. How are you? Hey, Monique. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I'm so grateful and so honored to be on with my crazy journalist life and sharing that with people should be interesting. Well, I guess let's start off by telling everybody, what is your job and what do you do? So I am a TV journalist at KVU, the ABC station in Austin, Texas, and I also shoot, edit, and write my own material every day at work. So kind of, basically, I wear a lot of hats. Some of the reporters at my station just work with a photographer every day, but I have flexibility to, if they need an extra hand, I um, shoot my own video as well, and I edit it all, and that happens pretty often. So, so yeah, TV journalist at KVU, ABC station in this market. That's awesome. And so, at what point did you know that you wanted to pursue that as a career? This was, I think, in high school. Um, I kind of shuffled around a bit um, between print and broadcast journalism. Um, In high school, I was more focused on broadcast. I wanted to cover like crime and news. And that's why I signed up for the high school newspaper. And you were the editor in chief of the yearbook. And I was editor in chief of the the, uh, high school newspaper. We were at the same time um, doing our thing. And Anyways, I think that's I signed up for the for the newspaper because I wanted to cover more. (laughs) Looking back, I'm like, I wanted to, like, cover more news rather than, like, you know, do stories about classmates Um, at the end of the year. I wanted to try to be a little more fast paced. And so in high school, I wanted to broadcast. But then in college, I shifted. And for a while, I wanted to do more print journalism just because writing is my passion. That's what I enjoy doing the most out of all the different hats that I wear at work. Writing is what I enjoy the most, so I figured I would go into print. But in college, um, a friend of mine had a YouTube channel where he wanted to do like little news blurbs. And he was like, hey, I think you would be really good on camera. Um, Why don't you try this out with me? And then I like tried it out and I'm like, oh my God, this is really good. And like, I got really good feedback from like my friends and family. So then I like shifted to broadcast journalism after that. And yeah, that's kind of when I knew that I wanted to after I kind of bad that I got validation from my friends and family <laughs> for pursuing this career. But, but yeah, that's, I would say like high school, college is when I decided I wanted to pursue this career path. And so you, did you do internships in college or how did you kind of break into the industry? Because, and I, I don't know if this is just like an old wives tale or what, but is it is like cutthroat mm-hmm. crazy to break into as everybody thinks it is? It depends. It's definitely very cutthroat. I think whenever you get to the network, meaning if you want to be on 
ABC News, the the evening news for all across the nation. Like that's when it gets extremely cutthroat. But I think just starting out, it's not as much. It's tough. Like I had a friend who she graduated with a broadcast journalism degree right at the same time as I did. We had you know, similar grade, but she didn't have an internship. So she didn't get to put together what's called a reel. And she, she put one together without an internship with stories that she did in class, but they weren't like, you know, they were like little fluffy stories. And when you apply for a news job, obviously they want to know that you can cover crime and politics and, you know, a variety of subjects, not just like little like campus stories. So she didn't get a job when I got a job like three months after graduating and she didn't get a job until a year and a half after me. And that was only because she came to visit me um, in Beaumont when I was where I was working um, also as a TV journalist. And she followed me around and I helped her put together what's called the reel of her stories. And she was able to apply for jobs. And that's when they hired her was when she got that like real world experience. So I would say internships. Yeah, like you said, like, definitely, that's the huge thing in getting a job in broadcast journalism, because it shows like you can learn, you know, all these theories, all these different ways to do things. And you get like three weeks to work on a project in school. But in the real world, you get one day to put a story together, you know, to put on the five and six o'clock news. So I think for someone wanting to go into news, internships are like key. And I mean, I only had one and I would say like had have two. I, I had a public relations job too, um, or not a job internship, but um, I only had one news internship. So for someone who wants to go into news or at least wants to get some experience in that, I would definitely recommend trying, like trying the hardest you can getting an internship. Yeah, that makes sense. How did you get your first job then after your internships? So I I actually got my first job kind of through my internship. At the end of the program, I had to give a present, all the interns had to give a presentation to the managers at ABC 13 in Houston. Wow. And at the end of my, yeah, it was kind of intense. Um, and they, at the end of my presentation, I, I feel like I did a really good job of explaining everything. I showed them like the work that I did there. And some of the managers were really impressed with me. And one of them came up to me afterward and he was like, hey, I have a contact in Beaumont, Texas that is the news director at the ABC station there. I, I'm going to put you in contact with him. And I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. I was able to get in touch with that news director, but it was a, I mean, it was like three month process of me trying to get a job there just because during my internship, I didn't do a whole, and during my college career, I didn't do a whole lot of shooting, like camera work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. the news director was hesitant about hiring me because he was like, hey, like this is where news is going. Like we're looking for multimedia journalists, meaning like you can, you not only can be on TV and speak well and write well, but you need to learn how to shoot and edit your stuff. And so that's why he was hesitant at first in hiring me. I, I bugged him enough. I called him almost every other week asking, like, <laughs> hey, how's it going? Like, you know, are you guys you, like at the time he didn't have an opening? And I'm like, hey, like, you know, what's the situation? And finally, and after all my persistence, he was like, hey, I'll hire you. <laughs> Wow. Um, after three months of pretty much that, like keeping in touch with him as much as possible and like being like, hey, here's a story that I worked on, you know, asking for critiques, asking for advice from him. So even with that strong internship performance, it was kind of tough getting my first job. Like I wasn't getting a whole, I even got, I got a lot of rejections and I even got at one station, they offered me just, I mean, not that this is bad or anything, but it wasn't what I wanted just um, like a digital producer position, like behind the scenes. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, that's not like. I can do that and work my way up, but I'd rather just be a reporter from the get-go. So, yeah, sorry. I don't know why I was going up with that. But, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> well, and then, yeah, that was kind of like my internship. Thing. Yeah. So you were there for two years and then now you've been in Austin for, was it two or three years now? So mm-hmm. how do the, yeah. the markets compare? Hugely different. There's way more traffic. <laughs> so getting around <laughs> yeah. to my stories, getting around to my interviews is a hassle. Um, the stakes are a lot higher. A lot more people are watching the news, obviously, in Austin because there's a bigger population. So if you make a mistake in Beaumont, you know, it's not really going to get around that much. But if you make a mistake in Austin, like you could ruin some really great contacts that you have, which I mean, thankfully, it hasn't happened to me. But I have been in situations where I'm like reporting live, and I have to like correct myself kind of mid live shot because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm talking, it's live TV. And I've had to kind of be like rather or like kind of correct myself in the midst of, of giving a live report. So the stakes are a lot higher in Austin. And actually, Austin is tough to find story ideas, because that is also a huge part of my job is finding news to cover. Like, obviously, there's breaking news, which we cover, but you also have to come in every day with a pitch. And that is so, so tough in Austin because there's not a lot of, thankfully, for people to live here, there's not a whole lot of crime of, like, you know, shooting, stabbing, typical, like, hard news. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of that in Austin. It's very, you have to enterprise. Like, you have to really dig for stories. A lot of it, you know, Austin is obviously very political. It's the capital. So we call, cover a lot of politics. And that can be really tough as well. Like, I feel like that was a big reality check for me was coming to Austin and covering barely, like, any politics and Beaumont and then being, you know, kind of thrown into this market where, man, I remember maybe my first week I covered like the session and I was just so overwhelmed. So overwhelmed and thankfully I learned pretty quickly, but I also had to ask for help. So Austin and yeah, Beaumont were like, it's huge. It, it, I mean, when people make the, the jump to their mid market, I feel like that's when they start getting a better idea of like what broadcast news really is because just the stakes are like a lot higher and people are watching more. And yeah, if you make a mistake, it, it can be really bad. Definitely. And so you were mentioning a little bit about uh, you know, that you cover now politics there in Austin. So mm-hmm. how do you familiarize yourself with all of these facets of culture? Because you you probably cover a wide variety of things every day. Or are you, you know, in a niche or in a category? I kind of am. I say that just because I have a beat, but I'm also something interesting isn't always happening with that beat. So sometimes I'm like covering many different stories, but my beat is transportation, which isn't the most interesting, but in mm-hmm. Austin, many people care a lot about transportation and what's happening to alleviate traffic in the city. So I I, I do have like a niche thing. Um, Can you explain what a beat is and what goes on? What a beat? Um, So basically a beat is, hmm, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, um, it's a topic, it's a topic that you cover that you should, hmm, Basically, it's a topic that you should keep tabs on regularly, meaning that whoever are the players in that beat, whether it's transportation, whether it's police, politics, like you should have forces within those like with different organizations in the city and you should know what's going on so that you don't miss any big news if you don't, you know, so another news outlet doesn't get like the scoop on something. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of like a beat system so that a reporter 
is in touch with these people and you can build a relationship with those people. So you're not just calling them like, hey, can you help me out? And I want to interview you. But it's more like, hey, like what's going on? And you just like kind of pick their brain about mm-hmm. what's going on. You kind of decide like what a possible story could be. So yeah, basically that's a beat system, like topics around the city that reporters are assigned to. Okay. And so you said that you deal with those or you have a beat, but then you also would pick up stories. Would that be randomly or like every day in addition to your beat, you also deal with other kinds of stories? It kind of is like, at least in broadcast journalism, I don't know exactly what it's like in print. And I I think it's probably the same if there's not basically something you pitch a story idea, like you should be pitching a story idea about your beat, something related to that, something happening. But my managers maybe aren't going to be interested in that. They're like, ah, that's, that's not really interesting. What else do you have? And so I, you know, typically come in with other story ideas about other things happening in the city as well. Um, so it just depends on like any given day. Like, you know, for example, today I did a story about um, the UT football game and how there were issues related to students trying to get in the stadium. They were like trampling each other. So that was like a big story over the weekend. So they had me like follow up on that. Um, so it, it just depends on like what people are talking about as well, like on social media, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Okay. What does an average day look like for you? Ooh, um, well, technically my day at work starts at 9.30, but really my day starts at like, I wake, I try to wake up at 6.30, but I probably wake up more like 7. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I get ready, at blah, blah, blah. But I also have to look for story ideas. And that's like, I try to budget like an hour out of my day to like, you know, call people or try to set up something before my day really starts. So I would say maybe like eight is when I start my day. And that means like, you know, calling people, looking at social media, like seeing what people are talking about on social media, like what's trending, um, what's going on at different city meetings or, uh, you know, county meetings, like government meetings, basically, like what's going on with that. So yeah, that's eight o'clock, I would say is when my day starts. A typical day uh, would look like every day is so different (laughs) because I cover so many like I'd cover a news story every day but typically unless I'm doing a special report which is pretty rare um, which I have more time to put together a story but a typical day I pitch my story idea at our editorial meeting at 9 30 and then they assign me to a story and so after that I contact different people for interviews set up the interviews Uh, Sometimes I work with a videographer slash photographer, kind of interchangeable term for them, but um, sometimes they follow me for the interview or sometimes I take my own camera and I shoot the interviews and then we get B-roll and then I write the story. B-roll is video. Okay. Video to put over your story. So we get video for my story, AKA (laughs) B-roll. And then I write the story and then we edit the video all together to make our deadline, which depends on, you know, whichever show you're in, like whether it's the six o'clock, the five o'clock or the 10 o'clock news. But um, my shift is day side, meaning that I work from 930 in the morning to uh, 630 at night, typically. So usually it's like seven. I don't get off until seven. So once we submit our story for the five or the six o'clock news, we drive back to the station or sometimes we're already at the station. It just depends like if they want me to to present my story in the studio, like in the news mm-hmm. studio, or, mm-hmm. if they, or if my managers want me 
to be live at the scene or live at wherever this news is happening. And then once my story airs on TV, I sometimes write a website story and then sometimes the digital team like the people responsible for the news website. Sometimes they write my story and then sometimes I write it. It just kind of depends on like how important it was and how fast we wanted that on the website. And then, yeah, my my day is pretty much over. I do like a couple other things, but after that, it's pretty much done. So you would do all that in one day. So your stories would be- All that in one day. Wow, conception to publication yeah. in one day. It's very unique. It's for people that are like crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is insane. And so now that you've interviewed a million people, how do you get strangers to open up to you? It's hard. It's definitely hard because when I think strangers opening up, I think of what are called MOS interviews, and that stands for kind of dumb name, but man on the street, it should be called like POS. <laughs> you know, so it's like person on the street. Okay, that's really dumb. It should not be called that. <laughs> but it's called MO, they're called MOS interviews, and they stand, and it stands for man on the street, meaning that you go up to like random people and like ask them for their opinion on something, and um, those are like so tough, just because people obviously don't really want to be on the news, <laughs> giving their opinion on something. Um, but I try to be friendly. I also try not to waste their time, meaning like if I want an interview with like a random stranger, um, I tell them, hey, I'm with KBU News. Do you have 10 minutes from your day to talk to us? And if they're like, you know, they like wave their hand to me or they're like, no, I'm busy. Then I'm like, OK, I'm not even going to waste my time, like telling them the spiel of my story. Like they don't have time. Um, but then if they're like, oh, like, yeah, like what's your story about? If they're like interested in what I have to say. Um, then I tell them and then they're like, oh, okay. Or they don't do an interview. I try to make it like as, as fast as possible. So they, so I don't waste their time because typically it's in like downtown Austin and people are busy walking around or, um, it, I don't know. People are just always busy. So I don't want to like, you know, spend too much time on this interview. Another part of the job I would say is like calling people on the phone is a huge thing. And that was something that was like <laughs> kind of hard for me to get over because, you know, just cold calling people mm-hmm. and being like, Hey, I'm, or like, hello, my name is Rebecca Trejo and I'm a reporter with da 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 da. And I'm working on a story about whatever. And I have to explain to them clearly what I'm working on so that then I can get a response or some kind of an interview and get information from that person. And so that was, I feel like that was also really hard. Like the man on the street wasn't as hard just because I feel like if I see the person, I'm like, I don't know, more inclined to talk to them over the phone. You don't even know like who this is, you know, what they're like. And sometimes people can be like more rude on the phone too. Exactly. Um, Looking at you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're not looking at you. And so they're going be like, no, we don't want to talk. And that's happened to me. Oh, gosh, like <laughs> countless times. They've just hung up and say, we have no comment. Like, we have nothing to say. It's definitely, it's tough. And I think it just comes with practice because at first I was like really nervous about everything. But after doing it so many times, you just put your guard down and I don't know, you're just more confident about it because you've done it more, you know, like yeah, exactly. you've practiced that so many times that it doesn't even like phase you anymore. And now that you've done a bunch of stories, what are some of your stories that you're most proud of or stories where you got like celebrity shock? (laughs) Oh goodness. Celebrity shock was when I met my (laughs) woman crush, which is Natalie Portman. (laughs) I... 
I met her. I didn't. I mean, I didn't like really meet her. I didn't really. I said my name to her, but she probably doesn't remember at all who I am. <laughs> but I interviewed her for a red carpet event for the Austin Film Festival, and she was promoting her movie. And I was first in line of the because all the reporters in red carpets line up on the side of it, and they like you know the celebrity like goes down the line essentially like answering questions from different outlets, and so they put us first. They put KVU first because we sponsored the event. We were one of the sponsors for for the Austin Film Festival. And so mm-hmm. they put us in the front and this lady comes out like, a, I don't know if she was a publicist, but she looked really important. Mm-hmm. And she said to all the reporters, and this is, this is my first time ever covering a red carpet. She said, you only get one question. And looking back, I'm like, that's so dumb. Like you never, 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 never as a journalist only ask one question. Like yeah. that's just, and plus you don't even like, if people tell you what to do, Okay, sometimes, you know, you be courteous, but, like, you just never ask one question. (laughs) But I was freaking out because I didn't want to, like, you know, it's my first red carpet, so I'm like, oh, like, what if she's, like, going to get pissed off if I ask her, like, another question? But anyway, so she comes up to me, and I don't even remember what my question was. It was about her movie, and she, I'm so used to people talk, like, kind of rambling on in interviews that her answer was so concise and she ended it so like perfectly and I was just expecting her to go on and she just ended it and then I was just like I just like stared at her for a moment (laughs) because she was so beautiful I just like stared at her for a moment and then I said okay thank you and she was like okay and then she like went to the next person and I'm like I only had one question I literally said that out loud and my photographer was like, what the heck? What the heck, Rebecca? Like, you were hyping up this moment so much to only, like, ask one question and go blank. And I was like, but I only, they told me I only had one question. And so my photographer made fun of me for so much after that, um, just because that was, that was so embarrassing. But that was definitely a starstruck moment for me, oh <laughs> interviewing God, that's her. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is so cool. Okay, so just kind of shifting gears a little bit, how do you get your news? <laughs> um, KB.com, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta plug that KVU you know um, well obviously that so I like get my news like from KVU the app but I also since I'm a local news journalist I read the newspaper which is the Austin American Statesman here I also honestly just Twitter <laughs> Twitter is I just follow a bunch of different news outlets on Twitter and that's basically where I get my news and like story ideas from like you know whatever is trending here or trending in the US um, like how can I localize something Anyways, but yeah, um, I would say Twitter and the local news outlets, pretty much. And podcasts, I will say. Um, I will, oh, I do to you? Yes. Oh, yeah, no, I do I, listen, I know also uh, when I first started out, I could not control. And I still, when I'm off camera, I speak with my hands a lot. Mm-hmm. But my, um, my mom, my news director, like so many people were like, stop using your hands. Like even, man, even when I was in KVU too, like I kept talking with my hands and that's distracting for people on camera because your hands are like all over the place and that's all they can look at. So what do you Um, do with your hands? Because I'm a hand talker too. Yeah. You, so in TV, you try to take slow movements with your hands. Like basically I just, something that helps and something that I've also noticed that other reporters do is that they kind of like make a little, (laughs) sounds weird, but make a little triangle with their hands and then they just like keep it in front of them Mm -hmm. so that then you're not, you just keep your hands together, basically. You're not like flailing them all around. Or I keep a piece of paper with me and I just like hold on to the piece of paper like on the side. Um, Okay. 
it, it's hard. It, it can be hard if you do talk with your hands because it's second nature. And so if you're like thinking about not talking with your hands, that can be distracting too. You know exactly. what I mean? Like you're thinking about don't talk with your hands. Don't talk with your hands. So um, I would say maybe like a little prop, like notes or something. So you're like more you're like holding on to something, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. And then I guess another selfish question, since now we're on the selfish question train, we both look young. I mean, how do you get people to take you seriously? I mean, maybe in the newsroom too, but also Mm -hmm. when you're out in the field. No, definitely in the field, like in the newsroom, it's, um, to a lot, you know, because they know who I am. They're my coworkers. Yeah. Um, it's definitely to a lesser extent. And also I kind of, I work with a lot of, uh, young people. So, um, so we get where we're coming from. But yeah, in the field, it's tough. Can't think of an instance where I've been, where I feel like I've been disrespected, but definitely people like ask how old I am. And I'm like, weird question. Like, why are you asking? How old? <laughs> like, why does that matter to the story? You know, like, oh, how long have you been on KV? Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> as far as like them taking me seriously, it's tough. I try not crack too many jokes, like be a little more serious and straight to the point and confident and not be all like, oh, haha, like to everything, you know, yeah. like flippant with things. I would say me just doing my job, like just being intentional about like what I'm here to do. I think people respect that and, you know, will understand that like, I'm not here to just waste my time. Like I'm here to, to do something and be serious about my work. So I would say just like always cracking jokes, but I'm trying not to so that people take me a little more seriously. It's so hard because you're just so funny. I, I, I oh, relate totally. to that too. <laughs> It sounds so bad. I'm so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, calm down. You're not that funny. Um, but yeah, no, and it helps also, obviously, if you're interviewing people that are similar to your age, because, you know, you get where you're coming from. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. it's not a big deal. But yeah, with people who have some years on you, uh, I would say just, yeah, just try not to be like as funny as you typically are because maybe they don't understand humor. And I don't know. It's just, I feel like just be serious about your work and then they'll take you seriously. Okay. Um, so now I'm just going to ask you some wrap up questions. So just some questions that everyone will get asked. So what are your favorite affirmations right now? I'm not like the best at those. Just like choosing something that I cling on to. I'm Christian, so I go to church. I read the Bible. I believe, obviously, in God and Jesus. And so I feel like that, for me, is like the affirmation that I get. I try to make time to read the Bible every day and pray. And so that's when I feel like I get my affirmation from God that, like, He approves of me. And He approves of me, therefore, like, I don't have to seek approval from others. And so that, for me, is like a huge thing. But I'm not the best at it because, you know, you should do these things every day that are like take a quiet time out of your day to do whatever makes you happy, do whatever like feeds your soul. But like, oh gosh, like obviously the world is like so busy. We're so busy all the time. And so making time to do that can be tough and with social media and like all these distractions around you, like that's so hard. But yeah, I would say God is my affirmation. (laughs) (laughs) Deep. Cool. Okay. And what what keeps you motivated? That's a tough question because I feel like I've been hitting a bit of a rough patch as far as motivation goes because I've been not that I've been doing this for like so long at all compared to other people but a lot is required of reporters and so I feel like the burnout is definitely getting real but as far as being motivated every day oh a huge motivation for me is like when I think of other Latinas trying to get ahead like that for me I'm like, oh, I want to be like a role model to them. I want to show them that you can do this. 
you can be confident, you have the abilities, you have the skills to be the best version of yourself to achieve your goals and your dreams. And for me, when I think of like the young women behind me, that's like a huge motivation for me. And I like, it's not about just me, you know, like I want to do it for like the people behind me. Yes. Oh my God. No, I love that so much. And I feel like that's also why, I mean, you know, not to plug my own podcast or anything, but that's why I think it's so important to (laughs) these, these stories out is, you know, so that someone can hear you and someone can be inspired. And then last question, what's the best piece of advice that you've recently heard? That's a good one. The best piece of advice that I've heard, just honestly, just from my photographer, like in the car, always telling me like, don't stress, don't stress. (laughs) It's so so simple, but it's so true. (laughs) Like he's just always telling me because in the car, he can tell that I'm like getting tense or like I'm like sighing and just getting stressed out about whatever the story is. And he's just like, don't stress, don't stress. And he just like repeats it over and over to me. Yeah. And so it's just such a simple two words, but sometimes repeating it over to yourself can be just nice and just a good reminder of don't stress. Like everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And you'll get through it. Exactly. Don't stress. Exactly. What a great way to end this podcast. Well, okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I think your story is awesome and I can't wait to see where you go next. Um, so do you just want to let everybody know if they want to follow along where they can find you on social media? So my Facebook page is just my first and last name, Rebecca Trejo, Rebecca spelled with a C, one C and Trejo is T-R-E-J-O. And my Twitter is Rebecca T underscore KVU, which is K-V-U-E. And my Instagram, there's so many different handles, (laughs) is um, Rebecca Trejo 100. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will be chatting soon. Thank you for having me. Yes. Details of this episode can be found on our site, finderfriendpodcast.com. Keep up with us on Instagram at finderfriendpodcast and be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your fave podcast. Thanks for listening.